Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Well, good morning, CFA. Good morning to all of you joining us online as well. Uh, Miss Sophia De Jesus representing the entire 365 Fine Arts team, who the rest of them, yeah, go ahead and give it up for all of them. Super proud of those students. The rest of them just completed an 18-hour bus ride. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor, tell them I'm glad I'm here this morning. Yeah, and uh, Sophia's going to fly, so... Uh, Anyway, that worked out well for her. Uh, but they, but uh, pray for our kids this week as they as they minister at nationals in Houston. And then, um, uh, what a week with with Davidson and the grand opening of the gallery space. You say, why would you open a coffee shop in Davidson? Well, remember the stories about Jesus hanging out at Wells and just having to run into some people at Wells. And that led to spiritual conversations and that led to salvation of that one woman. And then she went back and told everybody else, well, we just think that coffee shops are postmodern Wells. And they're good that if Jesus were alive in 2018, well, he is alive. If Jesus were on this earth, let me, let me rephrase that theologically much better. Let me rewind. If Jesus were walking this earth in 2018, we believe that he would put a coffee shop in the middle of Davidson. And it is an amazing space with a great cup of coffee. And already I was there uh, studying on Wednesday during the soft opening. And we had a couple that just uh, started a coffee shop in Beaufort, South Carolina. And were able to talk to them a little bit about CFA, but plant some seeds, most importantly, about Jesus. And I never would have met this couple. couple except for this uh, third space, this shared space. So be praying for, for the gallery. And if you're out that way, stop in. It is an amazing, amazing place. This morning, Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13. I want to preach to you this morning a word about shifting, shifting atmospheres and the power, whether you realize it or not. And hopefully by the end of this word this morning, you will realize the power through Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit that he has put inside of each and every one of you to shift the atmosphere that you are in. Have you ever been somewhere where a weather front has come through and there's been a rather sudden shift in the atmosphere? Um, sometimes this, this is more easily seen at places like either the beach or the mountains. Uh, so if you're at the beach, there's, there's not the obstruction of maybe buildings or hills or, or trees. And so you go out on your balcony and you can see it maybe a long ways away, but you see that shift. You see that shift in the atmosphere that's coming. Uh, the rain's coming or cooler temperatures are coming. Or if you're in the mountains, right, this can, this can come up on you suddenly uh, because the mountain sometimes is blocking that shift. Uh, when we're driving to Pennsylvania to see my family, there's a couple of tunnels through Virginia. And sometimes it may be misting on one side of the tunnel and the, the sun's shining on the other side of the tunnel. Or you're up in Boone or 
or Blowing Rock or that area and you look and it's sunny over here and then there's snowflakes coming down. There's, the, there's that sudden shift in the atmosphere. Well, you, you, carry, you carry this shift, you carry this atmospheric shift in you and so it doesn't necessarily matter what your situation is. It matters what's inside of you and you have what's inside of you actually has the power to change the atmosphere of the room. Have you, have you been in negative atmospheres? Like, uh, like there's, there, I've, been on I've been on both sides of that picture, right? Like an atmosphere where it's a critical atmosphere. You're afraid to even mention an idea because you feel like it's going to get shot down. Or, or an atmosphere that you're w always walking on eggshells because it's like, oh, who's going to get offended by this? You know, those, those kind of atmospheres. Atmospheres where it's negative. Atmosphere, atmospheres where it's tense. You know, all, all it takes sometimes is one phrase to shift an atmosphere. I know this by the atmospheres that are sometimes created in the back seat of the vehicle that I'm driving with children, that it was a good atmosphere. And all it takes is one for Cade, stop singing. Or Anna, stop touching my seatbelt. Or what, I'm just random, just random things that I'm throwing. But all it takes is one phrase sometimes to shift an entire atmosphere as opposed to an atmosphere that's life-giving. And that's an atmosphere where there's anticipation and wonder, an atmosphere where there's joy and laughter, an atmosphere. And so, and so uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 13 this morning. I want you to see how this changes in Scripture. And this actually goes from positive to negative, but then we're going to talk about how we can bring things from negative to positive. Matthew chapter 13. All the way down at verse 53. So you got to kind of scroll all the way to the bottom of that 13 or flip all the way over to the end of 13. Beginning of verse 53. When Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left that part of the country and returned to Nazareth, his hometown. And when he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where does this wisdom, where does he get this wisdom and the power to do miracles? So you've got to understand this about Nazareth. Nazareth was not necessarily a desirable place. There was a little uh, phrase, you know, we have, we have phrases that go with states. North Carolina, first in flight. Uh, Pennsylvania, the, the Keystone State. Um, uh, you know, Minnesota, 10,000 lakes or whatever. You know, you just have those, those phrases that go Florida, the sunshine state. Uh, New York, the taxes state. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just uh, throwing things out. Come on, all you former New Yorkers. Say a good amen. You love those Cabarrus County taxes. That's right. And... And so, and so you have these phrases that go with that go with certain places and that go with certain towns. You know what Nazareth's? If Nazareth had a license plate, on the bottom of Nazareth's license plate would have been, "Can any good thing come from there?" <laughs> like the the governor of Nazareth, the, the the city council of Nazareth did not do a real good job in coming up with their town's motto. That's what it was known for. Like. We don't think that any good thing can come from there. And yet, Jesus came from Nazareth. I don't care what your background is this morning. 
I don't care what's on your birth certificate. I don't care what your hometown is. I don't care what your former financial situation is. Do you know that God specializes in bringing really good things out of places that they shouldn't come from? Don't you dare ever be ashamed of where you came from because God can redeem any situation. Come on. God can redeem any situation. So Jesus came from Nazareth, and not only did Jesus come from Nazareth, Jesus stepped back into Nazareth. So not only is God not afraid to bring good things out of bad situations, God, not, God is not afraid to bring good things back into bad situations. So this morning, I don't care where you came from. I don't care where you're headed. It's about the atmosphere shift not around you. It's about the atmosphere shift that's inside of you because you carry the atmosphere that you want to be. That's the power of God that is within you. So it starts off good. Here's the hometown. Here's the hometown kid coming home. Here's the American Idol finalist that on the show before the finals, they bring them back to the hometown and they have the parade and they, they, they give an assembly in the local high school. Here's the, the hometown uh, kid that just won the Super Bowl and now he's coming back to his high school to do an assembly for the, the, the high school football team where, where he went to high school. Here's, so here's Jesus, right? Here's the, here's the pride of Nazareth. And at first they're all excited excited. Man, we can't. We love his teaching. We love his miracles. But I want you to notice, I want you to notice there is a shift that's about to take place. Because in verse 55, it says, then they scoffed. And they said, he's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary. We know his mom. We know his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon and Judas, all his sisters, all his sisters live right here among us. I want to preach this morning about the sin. Here's the sin that nobody talks about. It's the sin of familiarity. And if we become too familiar with the things that are associated with Jesus, we run the risk of missing Jesus. Do you know? That you can be in church every Sunday and every Wednesday and every time the doors are open and you may be in danger of missing your miracle. And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Jesus told them a prophet is honored everywhere except his hometown and among his own family. And so he only did a few miracles there because of their unbelief. See, this morning an attitude of familiarity leads to an offended spirit, but a culture of honor leads to an atmosphere of the miraculous. Let's look at the negative part of this. So how to have an attitude of familiarity. Get offended easily and miss your miracles. So if you, if you want that, if you want to miss miracles, if you want to live in a culture of negativity, number one, say things like, he's just. He's, he's just. Wasn't that one of the first things? So here's this crowd. They love the miracles. They love the teaching. So they love the miracles. They just, they just didn't like God's method. 
And they said, he's just a carpenter's son. Be careful. Can I tell you this morning, be careful when you step in and start telling God what he can and can't use to deliver the gospel and to deliver a miracle. And they missed out not only on their miracle, but they probably missed out, unless they repented at the end of their life, missed out on salvation because they just happened not to like the vehicle that Jesus came in. And what if we end up missing our miracle because we say things about some preacher that's on television, or we say things about a certain denomination or we say things about another church. Again, you know what God will use? I'll tell you what God will use. God will use whatever he wants to use. That's what God will use. God will use whoever he wants to use. And do you know something? Sometimes God will use something that you don't like just to show you that he's still in charge and you're not. God will use anything. Come on, if you're open to God using anything, whatever it takes, give him praise this morning. I don't ever want to have a, oh, he's just. He's just. He's just. That ministry is just. That church is just. I'm telling you, church, you are on dangerous ground. You are on the brink of picking up an offended spirit that will block every good thing that God wants to do in your life. So if you want to have an attitude of familiarity, Get offended easily and miss your miracle. Number two, be around things that are related to Jesus without having a relationship with Jesus. They knew all about Mary. They knew about Jesus' brothers. They moved. You know, it is very possible to show up at a Jesus family reunion and never have a conversation with Jesus. Do you know, since I'm getting so many amens, let me just continue along this line. Do you know that it is possible to be entirely immersed in the bubble of Christian subculture? Y'all, there's Christian everything. You can go, you can live your entire life on, you can, you can go, and I'm, look, all of these things are wonderful. They're all wonderful, what, right? They're just not Jesus. Like, you can just, you can read no books but Christian books and watch all Christian television programs and listen to Christian music. You can even, you can even have Christian chicken. It's called Chick-fil-A. Like, you can go to, it's, But we can, if we're not careful, listen, I love to read and I love to follow some of my favorite authors on Instagram, but that author that posts that inspiring quote on Instagram didn't die for your soul. That Christian artist who just released that other worship song that you just downloaded didn't hang on the cross for you. Only Jesus did this. And if we're not careful, we will allow Christian subculture to step into the place of Jesus and we'll miss the very thing that Jesus wants to do in our lives. You know one of the most dangerous places to be spiritually? Is in church. Because you can be around the things of God and miss God. 
And the devil will use church to make you feel safe when it's the very thing that he's using. In your, the devil will use anything. He'll use Christians. He'll use, he'll use whatever he can to keep you out of a relationship with Jesus. And my heart is broken for people all across the world this morning who are sitting in churches and they're substituting knowing Jesus' relatives and they think they know Jesus just because they know a cousin. They think that they think they know just because they're involved in ministry, they have substituted that for a relationship with Jesus. If you, if they want to inoculate you against a disease so that you don't get the disease, if they want to make you immune to the disease, do you know what they give you? A little bit of the disease. Because if they want to make you immune to something, they know that just a little bit. Do you know one of the most dangerous things you can ever do spiritually is just have a little bit of Jesus? Teenager, just enough Jesus so that mama and daddy are fooled. Just enough Jesus so that you look good in the community. Just enough Jesus so that you have your ministry team leader fooled. The most dangerous place that we can be this morning is to have just enough Jesus but not have Jesus. Nazareth represents the chains of religion. And sometimes the chains of religion are stronger than the chains of addiction, stronger than the chains of drugs, stronger than the chains of sometimes the chains of religion being almost close to Jesus but not accepting Jesus is more dangerous spiritually than if you woke up in a Muslim country this morning. And I know that sounds strange, but these people grew up next door to Jesus and missed Jesus. May we never allow religion to substitute the place of relationship in our lives. May we never allow ministry to substitute the place of Jesus in our lives. And yet here's the wonderful news this morning is that Jesus came back to Nazareth. So maybe you're here this morning and you grew up in church and you've been around church and you've got all the Christianese subculture down. You've got, you've got it all. Jesus wants you to know he's invading your Nazareth. He will come to Nazareth. Jesus will come and he'll break the chains of religion and he'll break the chains of bondage and he'll take away the cynicism and he'll take away the skepticism and he'll take away the jaded spirit and he'll take away the offended spirit. He'll wipe all of those things away. Let's talk about now how to bring a shift to the atmosphere. If we want to bring a shift to the atmosphere, it's all about what does Jesus say? Um, let's work this in, a, in reverse now. So Jesus says that a prophet is honored everywhere except his hometown. So a culture of dishonor leads to a spirit of familiarity, which leads to being offended, which leads to missing the miraculous. So let's just flip that whole statement. If dishonor, if a lack of honor leads to all of that, then a culture of honor is where you'll begin to shift the atmosphere. You can shift, you can shift a culture of atmosphere simply with honor. What is honor? Honor is simply this. Honor is bringing attention to the uncommon power of God being carried through common vessels. 
That's what honor is, bringing attention to the uncommon power of God being carried through common vessels. Because Jesus told them a prophet is honored everywhere except his hometown, hometown and among his own family. Do you know that sometimes it's so much easier to honor people that we don't even know than the person we're about to have lunch with? Sometimes it's easier to honor the celebrity on television or the sports hero on television that doesn't know us, that we'll never have a conversation with. We'll, we'll give them more honor than the people that we're going to ride home from church with. But Jesus says that if we want to begin to shift the atmosphere, if we want to begin to change our city, if we want to become, so maybe you grew up in Nazareth. Maybe you live in Nazareth. Nobody, oh, nobody would want that job. Nobody would want that background. Nobody would want that testimony. But Jesus came to Nazareth and he says it is possible to shift the atmosphere of Nazareth. And here's how you do it. You begin by by honoring those that are closest to you. It begins in your home. Begins in your house. It begins with, I feel like there's people this morning, I want to preach this to the, to the person whose, whose home is not somewhere that you want to be. Like, like maybe you just redid the living room, but maybe your house has a critical spirit in it. Maybe, maybe the kitchen looks really good, but maybe there is a culture of negativity in the house. Maybe there's a culture of cynicism in the house. We're going to bust through that this morning. And from God's word, we're going to see this is how you step into this. This is how you bring a culture of honor into your situation. How to shift the atmosphere. Let me give you just some really, really super practical things this morning. Number one, notice the ordinary. Notice the ordinary. Let me give you, so, so let me just give you some phrases. These are some just rock solid, super spiritual, like shift the atmosphere in your home phrases. Are, are you ready? Here we go. Phrases like, thank you for taking out the trash. That'll change because here's what's happened. Somebody in your house has taken out the trash for the last 13 years. And they're thinking this morning, they're dragging the, you know, six o'clock in the morning and they're dragging uh, across the, the, the kitchen floor and that had a hole in the bottom. And somebody threw out something that has liquid in it. Throw the liquid in the sink before you put it in the trash can. This doesn't. It really doesn't happen at my house. I'm just venting on behalf of that. But like, seriously, don't one sip of Coke. Oh, I'm done with that. Let's throw it in the trash. Stop. In Jesus' name, stop. You will, that alone will shift the atmosphere of your home. But somebody, so I'm just telling you, somebody in your house is doing some work. They're doing some work, and they're not receiving any verbal appreciation of that work. And I know you're thankful in your head, but there's something that happens when you begin to verbalize the thing that you're thankful for. It begins to shift the atmosphere because I can't tell you how many times that I have thought good things about people, even in this room, but I don't say them. But I said it in my head. And I'm like, Miss Jewel ought to know what I'm thinking. 
Like, but on what, watch this. I, I really, I thought about doing that. I didn't think about doing, but I'm, I'm going to do it. Honor, honor shifts the atmosphere. Honor changes the atmosphere. And so I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this as a, as a gimmick, but I want to show, I want to show you this. So I happened to say uh, about Miss Jewel, and so Jewel, I want to, I just want to honor you this morning. I want to honor you for being an, a prayer warrior. I want to honor you for spending time in your prayer closet that nobody knows about. I want to honor you because all across this nation and all across this world, there are people who will be in heaven because you have broken through in prayer. And when people go to preach, you have already done the work of prayer. I honor you for being young at heart. I honor you for loving the next generation. I honor I honor you for worshiping no matter what the, the music is. I honor you for showing up early and being involved in ministry. I honor you for being willing to change your ministry. Can we step in and begin to honor God's work through Jewel this morning? Now watch, I didn't do this as a gimmick, but I want to teach. I think it's important to you. Did you feel that? Did you feel the atmosphere shift? I've thought those things before. I've felt those things before, but I don't know that I've verbalized those things before. And you, if you will just begin to verbalize the things to the people that you are closest to, that ride in the car with you, that eat dinner with you, things like, things like I'm, I'm just going to keep giving you some more. Thank you for feeding the dog. Thank you for cooking the meals. Thank you for doing the laundry. Thank you for, I could just turn this way and say, begin to say a lot, a lot of these things right now. <laughs> I'm about to have a moment. <laughs> Thank you for always being so calm and for stepping into areas and raising our children so good in times when I'm out of town. Thank you for how they look up to you and love you and admire you. And I'm just going to now move on so I don't just lose it in front of everybody. <laughs> but... All the, all the parents, close your ears. <laughs> Teenagers, if you will say thank you for things like laundry and meals and vacations, you'll get more stuff. <laughs> Teenagers, I don't, kids, I don't know why that the Holy Spirit has entrusted you with so much power to create atmospheres. <laughs> but you got a lot. <laughs> and sometimes, teenagers, your attitude sets the atmosphere of the home. And if you will say, Dad, thank you for working late so we're able to have this. Mom, thank you for cooking this meal. Uh, brother, thank you for taking me to soccer practice. If you will begin to verbalize those things, watch how God will begin to open up your heart. Watch how God will begin to bless you more because you're changing the atmosphere in your home. Watch how, more, how much more peaceful your home will be. Watch more, how much more joy. Honor, church, honor shifts atmospheres. 
It does. It shifts atmospheres. Number two, catch people doing things right. This is something that I need to preach to myself because it's just easy to notice. Like I, I tell our staff, if 90% of your world is great and 10% of your world is problems, which is probably, you know, the best of times, you still got 10% of problems. But as sometimes as leaders, parents, coaches, teachers, bosses, our world is to fix the problems, right? So if 90% of your world is wonderful and 10% is not wonderful, but if you spend 90% of your time on the 10%, it can make the 10% seem like 90%. Does that make sense? So we got to be real careful about stepping back and keeping things in perspective. That while I'm locked in, that, that while John and I this week are, are locked in on fixing a, a problem, I don't know what it is, but we probably will at some point when we're locked, we got to step back and say, oh my goodness, but 90%, like all, like all of this. You got to be careful, dads, that when you're talking to your children, you're correcting the, that 10%, and that's good, and that's right, and that's proper, but you got to step back and say, but oh my goodness, thank God for the 90%. And so catch people, parents, catch your kids doing things right. Catch them doing things right. And then this ties into number three, which I kind of mentioned earlier, but verbalize and demonstrate your appreciation. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.